Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Press Start podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, James, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Brady. Uh, hello. Ewan. Hello. And Shannon. Hello. Hello to you all. Um, hello. So, this show started off pretty tragic, but we think we've whipped it up into something a bit better. So today we're going to be talking about the new Nintendo console and its supposed delay, a deep and penetrating penetrating pe- reflection on the state of PlayStation oh, no. VR 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to host the whole podcast in that accent. The first hot and juicy details about the future of Assassin's Creed, a restructuring of one of my favourite studios, and something about Pokemon Day, I guess. But first... Let's not talk about anything in particular, because we don't have that on the plan. So let's jump straight into Nintendo news. Um, a report has come out this week uh, that says that the Nintendo Switch has supposedly been delayed to 2025. Uh, I think the assumption was it was going to be coming this year. Probably mm. worth like clarifying, We I don't think anything was like officially announced. No. Um, so like we're all kind of speculating, um, but the the rumors are that it was to help with supply, but also to help the um, developers, I guess, build up like a good range of launch games. So, Shannon, I'm going to go to you first because I was complaining about this today to you, and I said there's now literally nothing to look forward to this year. <laughs> Do you think that's true? What does this year look like without new Nintendo hardware? Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a weird one, given PlayStation have said they're not going to have any sort of big tentpole franchises, releases from franchises that we know of. Um, and Nintendo, like even console aside, we don't really know of anything after like March or April. Not that this year's been crazy for them. Um, so it's a, it's a hard one. Like right at this second, I can't think of anything major that isn't like obviously Call of Duty or FIFA or whatever that we'll be playing from like june july onwards obviously we're recording this before the pokemon presents um it's only a short 10 minute stream so i was pretty confident we were going to see a new pokemon game um but now i don't know seeing that that time frame but i guess by the time this goes live i'll be i'll be right or wrong <laughs> either way so I, I really it's going to be a weird year which we always thought this year might be the one where like because like last year and the year before felt like COVID delayed stuff, like all coming out. Um, we always sort of knew that this year and maybe even next would probably be a bit lighter. Um, but if Nintendo don't release their console this year, which is feeling likely, um, that is just, it's nuts to me in its own right, but then it also feels like it's going to be a quiet holiday. I'm hoping, for by, in general. I'm hoping by nature of it being a quieter year, Nintendo and I suppose like a quiet year for play- PlayStation as well which maybe isn't too unexpected given just like how many bangers came out the- like last year um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping by Nintendo having a quiet year it means that they're kind of saving all of their kind of batch of games for the launch lineup of the next Switch mm. um, which yeah I think like if this is the last year of the Switch then that's kind of forgivable assuming they come out with a bunch of bangers when the next one drops. I think my opinion about it is I was kind of feeling like with the slew of games announced so far that maybe they were already holding back a lot of ga- good, better games for the mm. new console. Um, but 
yeah, like I, I don't know now. Like I, it kind of surprises me a bit. Unless there's they want to get maybe more third parties on board or something like that. Or, um, yeah, they've sold enough switches now as well that there's enough third party games out there to kind of support it. I think like I'm still playing Prince of Persia on my Switch and loving that. And I was pleased to see that get added content announced for it um, as well. Um, I imagine some of that we'll see later this year too. So I'd like maybe this kind of enough to to go on I, for this year. I know I, it's exciting to have things, new shiny games to play, but yeah, if it is in fact the last year, maybe it doesn't really need it and third party is enough. I think it's secondary to because I do think back to the Switch and how big of a deal that was. And like, I don't think it was ever sold out from memory. Like I'm fairly sure you could walk into a store and get one on launch day or like it definitely wasn't what we saw with ps5 and xbox so i do probably think that is like first and foremost like they don't want to launch and then have it sold out for months because i just think that nintendo like would be very conscious of like having it available and families like being able to go in and grab it um and if you don't have stock ready at christmas like that's not a good time to launch a console than having them like go to the switch or Mm. going to get a playstation or xbox so I do think mm. the software is secondary. Like, they're obviously probably happy they'll have a few more months to get stuff ready um, and get third parties on board. But, yeah, I feel like that's that's what it's about. I just don't... I, again, I don't really understand when we've been having these conversations for three or four years, like, and it's not using, like, state-of-the-art tech as far as we know, like, how that can be a problem. But here we are. Do you guys not think that there's a slight possibility that they might still hold something for, like holiday this year that then becomes sort of cross gen as well like because they have sort of done that in the past like yeah. i guess zelda to a degree was a cross gen title but um yeah. i guess it obviously depends on how they handle backwards I compatibility with the next switch i thought like, like mario odyssey too but then again like thought. you need you need big software to launch like something like zelda like i don't know if metroid has the pull of a zelda pokemon or a mario like and i do think that's going to be their big like 4k launch title so it's it's a tricky one and again i think we've spoken about it a heap but they're they'd they'd be worried like it's not a slam dunk for them like it never has been for some reason moving people to uh another generation of consoles so Mm. they must have something for holiday because like you and touched on there's 150 million switches sold or something so you're not going to just have nothing for the holiday period when you can move 30 million of a game i wonder Mm. if they'll expand the list of uh of older games that are like accessible through the online thing i'm blanking on what it's called in this moment but nintendo switch um, online yeah nintendo switch online i should have figured that out really so creative. I? um maybe if they like expand to that roster of games that's kind of enough to help like tide people over particularly if there's some kind of bigger cult classics in the mix there but yeah i i st- it still feels lesser doesn't it regardless hmm I think <clears throat> I think it'll be fine if um, if the other rumors are true that there's backwards compatibility with some improvements and such. Um, you know, like I, like at least then if everyone buys games throughout the year, they can jump into the new one with something else. Yeah, and they can you charge know? ten bucks for an upgrade or something like that for each of those games. Mm. So mm. I still can't see. I don't know if Nintendo will do that though. I don't, I can't see yeah. Nintendo charging for upgrades. Like personally, I feel like they've always been very. I, well, they uh, love to charge for things multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I don't want to go on this path, <laughs> but I just I struggle to see what a Nintendo Slate will look like without that in some capacity. I feel like you need a Mario or a Zelda game. Oh, I launch. see what you mean. And I, yeah. I, if you if you do Odyssey two ahead of the launch of that console, it doesn't feel like a launch title anymore. 
it becomes more of a footnote like oh and mario odyssey 2 is getting support yeah. on the new console i think at, at this point headline. i don't even care that it's not coming out till march but i just like want to know what it is and like what that looks like and and all of these questions sort of answered we've just been waiting yeah. so long like i just want and they've sold enough switches like they're not going to sell 30 million this year like i just want them to start teasing some stuff and and giving us some info on it um so i hope that still happens this year I think we're going to announce this year, for sure. Surely, right? Like, they'd have to start manufacturing at some point this year. They'd have to announce to get in front of all the leaks and shit. True. Yeah, it's very true. Like, how did it work last time? What sort of... I feel like it was a March release. Very last minute. It was, like, November, January. Okay, so it was before Like, announced in November, and then, like, there was a trailer in Jan, I think. That weird trailer where everyone took their Switch to their party. And then, um... Classic. Uh, that that was the November one, and then Jen oh, was, was that Japanese reveal, the press conference. And oh, that's out. right. Yeah, you're right. Right. Do, uh, I don't know if anyone can remember, but like, if if something is announced before Christmas, do people go like in the lead up to Christmas and start asking about the new console? And the poor Eevee Games pre-order. employee has to go. Oh, it's not actually out yet. It's out in March, and then it goes. Oh well, what am I going to get for Christmas? I would argue if it's just an online reveal, that's a different world. <laughs> you know different world okay and i think nintendo might even like with playstation they they did the black friday deal to clear out the old ones just before mm. the slim came out do you know what i mean so people might get yeah. a cheap old switch i don't know we'll see yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense mm. uh, i'm excited I so. i'm still excited it just feels so much further now like it doesn't feel like a near distant future thing yeah i it will say i really part far of the <laughs> The report this past week was that it was going to have a bigger screen and that excites me because the one thing i've really noticed having bounced between my playstation portal and my switch in the last kind of couple of weeks is just how small that screen feels and granted i'm still in like the original model switch i didn't get the oled um yeah i feel like i'm very much in need of an upgrade i'd, I'd gladly take a switch to at this point in time mm. you know what else you need ewan uh-huh a vr2 because <laughs> Everyone else checked that's on its last legs. Yeah, speaking of... (laughs) (laughs) We need a new one already. Um, In a recent PlayStation blog post, Sony has revealed that they have plans to add support for PC to its previously flagship VR headset at some point this year. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, do we think this is a good thing or a bad thing? Like, how do you think this will impact impact sales with the PSVR 2? Do you think it'll do any better? Huh... I don't know. I feel like there's better alternatives on the PC already, so mm. and probably cheaper alternatives. So I was going to say, is like there... price-wise, how does it compare to everything? This is like, like kind of a a shadow tech time with Shannon segment. I feel like <laughs> I would like to think you can get a comparable meta for cheaper. Nah, I think the VR two mm. is still is still good controller wise and like eye tracking um, and and yeah. resolution. Like it still pips the Quest three. Like whether that whether you'd still just go a Quest Three just because because you can take it portably like that's a and has mixed reality like that's a whole other thing. But I think if you're like deep into VR two and want a good experience, like it will be a good option. Um, I don't think it's going to move the dial all that much though. To be honest, I just think VR has had its day. Like I'm sure the Meta Quest Three <laughs> is also just not doing as well as the Quest Two did. I uh, I don't know. Oh, it but, kind of is comparable on price point, isn't it? The VR2 and the MetaQuest. What is it, like a 120 gig MetaQuest unit is like 800 bucks on Amazon. And yeah, 
yeah, PSVR 880. Yeah, so super it's actually similar. cheaper. Super similar. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I've got a Quest 2 and I haven't felt the need to upgrade. I, I feel like I'm kind of at the point that until A, there's like some like kind of um, must play sort of games that aren't just like a must play for those that have a head like a vr headset but are a must play f- for everyone um i don't feel like we've quite crossed that threshold like a, a vr game to my knowledge hasn't been up for game of the year maybe half-life alex was there's, but there's like that's the kind of caliber i'm sort of talking like assassin's um, creed and um Asgard's Wrath 2. Like, there are a lot of them, but I don't know. I just feel like they're still But aren't gimmicky. these great games for, like, VR games as opposed to, But that's to what like... I mean. Like, they feel like VR games. Like, they yeah. don't feel like full... They're, like, 80-hour games. Like, they're, they're long games, but it just feels... Yeah. It, just, a lot it of doesn't feel, like, quite them. so premium the experience, which is, I guess is weird because it's very, in very much every it's other limited. Way, very premium experience. But, yeah, it's not like... You're not getting uh, like a God of War esque kind of game on on VR just to pull a random top quality game out of my head. Um, the other thing mm. I was going to say is like mm. I feel like the technology has a way to go to, to in order to like be more a comfortable experience. Like when I get home after a long day at work, I don't want to strap on a big piece of plastic onto my head. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, rather just like sit on my couch and be lazy and sit in front of a big TV. Like, absolutely. I don't want to be kind of up and about with plastic straps. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think it's a good thing. Like, if it's, they're going to sell more of them, and like, obviously, the more people that buy them, the more games there will be for VR and PlayStation VR 2. Like, it can't be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, that if anything, it, expa- it, it expands the library for people who have one, seeing as Sony aren't doing much too expand it for them so yeah i think it probably does ease some of the pressure on playstation but still like they need to if they want their technology to to succeed they've got to bring out banging games watch watch this space i think yeah yeah, i think that's the problem and i think they've also been pretty open with how well i don't know they haven't been open because it leaked but how the development issues are going for their big like triple a games like on ps5 right so like how do you kind of expect them to also bring out some like really quality VR experiences. Um, mm. And I don't know if this is going to help anything. I mean, I, you, I think you might attract some really good indies and stuff to the platform by doing like opening up to PC and stuff. Um, but nobody wants that either though. Like no one, like as much as I would love more PlayStation VR 2 games from PlayStation, like I don't want that instead of like anything. Oh yeah. No, I, I obviously yeah. not. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. No, no, either, I'm, I'm not saying you like, do, but I'm just saying like, yeah, I, I don't get it. I think it's, like, good, like, to go back to Resident Evil, as I always do. Like, I feel like those games, though, are good examples of where... Totally. um, Yeah, like, that's a full game that is only made better by VR. Um, So, like, if they start throwing around some... As we know, they did throw some money to Capcom twice, three times, (laughs) to get VR into Resident Evil um, with Seven Village and Four. Like, I feel like if they start doing that with other devs, that might be something worth looking into for sure um but yeah i just think yes ewan's right like i I don't know how they can you know think that things are gonna get better just by like opening up to pc and that's it like they definitely have to even that last that last showing it was just the metro game like that was like pretty much it i still think that like put some respect on that weird fantasy game they showed please 
Oh, the one where you punch skeletons. That's <laughs> right. I do think that, like, I, I don't know. I, this might be a dumb thing to say, but I do think these types of things are like marketing plays, just to be like, even if you're not going to buy a VR two, like you'll buy a PS five just because you might want to play VR. I, I don't know. Like, obviously, a lot of work goes into the tech, but yeah. I'm sure that they're probably making money on units, and they just see it as a value add. Um, I mean, I thought the report this past week though was they sold, they made something like two million units for launch, and like only sold a quarter of those, so not even. Like, yeah, I'm not surprised. That's that you've got to think it's a huge. It released loss it at an awful time. That. Like if this came out like yeah. soon after the PS5, I really think it'd be a different situation. I don't think yeah. it'd be seeing. I guess games, like cost but... of living being what it is as well, it's hard to justify a near. Well, it's more than the the cost of the console to get the VR headset as well. I think um, it was also just like a reverse of what happened with PS4. Like everybody had a PS4, right? Like that was the um one of the biggest install bases with the original VR. So then yeah. to release this device that's like, hey, you don't need to buy anything else, just attach this to your PS4 that you already have. And it was cheaper than the console. Like, it's it's almost the complete opposite approach that they took with VR2. Um, and I don't know if that paid off. Well, we know it didn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it might yet. Maybe they'll have something up their sleeve. Nothing I think lost, to your point, except Rose... for the people that bought one and don't yeah. use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did you Speak. get a PSVR 2, Brody? Sorry, I yeah, cut you off, yeah. James. I, uh, you did. Opened it late last year to review Arizona Sunshine 2. So, and then back in the box it went, back under my bed. Did, it, what it's cool. You... It's good. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> like, I, I definitely, I definitely like the tech. It's just there's no games that make me want to play it. That said, there was a sale yeah. recently where there was a bunch of games on sale, and I bought a few, but I just. Who can be bothered? Like, I just yeah, can't be bothered effect. setting it up. It's such a drain. And I've got to pack it up every time I use it. I know that's, like, such little a Little grubby hands around really, the house, little kids. Like, yeah. And, like, hot, sweaty heads. Yeah. You know, stuck in I don't know if you can see this, like, but I am glistening. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I definitely... I, I, bought, I bought, like, that Synapse game, and I really want to play that. But, um... Yeah, yeah. too. Just can't be bothered. Not today. Not today. Maybe in winter. <laughs> I did really mm. enjoy Golf with Friends on my Quest 2. That was good fun. What we need is another COVID lockdown. <laughs> then I'll play all the VR yeah, games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize what the... Uh, did you say Golf with Friends? I didn't realize that had uh, VR. Nah, it's not Golf with Friends. What is it called? Like what Walkabout? Walkabout, golf? I think, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot of good, good fun. Games, if you want to play some mini golf games. together, Brody, let's, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do yeah. it. That's it. We're all getting PSVR 2, so we're back in. <laughs> like, three of us could literally play mini golf together, like, in real in the real world, but who wants that? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, speaking of things that we want in the real world. Speaking of who wants that, um, <laughs> first details have emerged about Assassin's Creed Infinity. Infinity or Infinite? I'm not sure. I should have checked. And the franchise's future have leaked. Um, so, basically, this was revealed a long time ago. Like, I think it was, bef- like, just after Valhalla. I don't know, I'm pretty sure that Ubisoft revealed that they were going to kind of bring together all of their Assassin's Creed experiences under this singular banner called Infinity, I'm pretty sure. Um, And it's going to be launching with Assassin's Creed Red this year, and we'll obviously start off with content surrounding that game. Um, the idea that ha- is that you'll be able to like boot into inf- to Red from Infinity within seconds, and it's like a big live service offering, which... 
Could go either way. Um, but also is kind of tied into the modern day story of the Assassin's Creed games, which I personally love, but I reckon everyone else hates them. So yeah. you can like kind of engage with that as little or as much as you want. Um, on top of all of that, this same report also had details about Hex, which was previously announced with Infinity, um, as well as Invictus, which I don't think has been announced before. I could be wrong. Um, but that's like a sole multiplayer game that's going to be coming out in 2025. Uh, Hex will be about a female protagonist that Ewan is, like, enamoured by, called Elsa. Thinks it's funny. <laughs> Thinks it might be a frozen tie-in. But it will also be the darkest <laughs> Assassin's Creed game ever. Um, there's also an area, which makes me roll my eyes, called The Exchange, which is an online store that will have projects for each playable protagonist that will kind of act like mini-season passes for each character. Other projects have also been, not announced, but have been leaked to be in development, including a Black Flag remake, um, a game set across India, the Aztec Empire, and the Mediterranean, a free-to-play four-player PvE game, another multiplayer title, and they're all scheduled to be released in the next six years. So, that's obviously, like, a lot. Um, Does this approach to Assassin's Creed excite anybody in particular? In part... Yeah. Okay. So, some cool. of the projects, some of the pro- projects like Hex, obviously sound very uh, interesting. Obviously, we've spoken about them before. Like they all sound uh, like very different to what we've had before. Uh, obviously, in scope and otherwise. But um, the part where I sort of get a little trepidatious, if that's a word, scared, uh, is when I read all these other projects that are supposed to be coming out before twenty thirty, and I worry that there'll be that same. Uh, oversaturation of Assassin's Creed and just exhaustion from the franchise that I had probably around Black Flag, honestly. Around Black Flag when that first came out, I was just like, I have to get out of this franchise because I've just played one of these every year for like the last six or seven years and I'm just done. So seeing all those different titles, I guess the only thing going for it is that they're all pretty different, like multiplayer, PvE games, like they're for different audiences, clearly. Um, but yeah, I just hope they don't use this platform to barrel towards oversaturation again. So, uh, but Hex and that definitely sound very cool. Hex is definitely like my most excited. I, um, it's done by like Clint Hocking who did, uh, Far Cry 2, Splinter Cell did Chaos Theory. Dogs? And Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. I left mm. that till last because that's probably Sorry. his least successful <laughs> game, but everything else has been really good. He's a great designer. I think he always does really cool things inside of as much as he can, I guess, inside of the Ubisoft structure, but um, I think I, I believe them when, like, it says it'll be the darkest game ever. I think it will take it to places that it's never really gone before. Um, but I'm also, like, really excited for the multiplayer idea because I think if anyone played, like, Brotherhood's multiplayer or Black Flag's multiplayer, that was such a cool and unique mm. um, idea. Like, it really took that, like, I guess, core social stealth aspect of Assassin's Creed and, like, put it into multiplayer and made it work really well. Um, just like kind of like stalking a target through crowds and stuff when it's like another person, but then having that paranoia on yourself. Like, I really hope they bring that back in some way. I hope it's not just like ships. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like <laughs> I hope it's actually just like proper Assassin's Creed. Um, I, yeah, did, like, I guess, do you think that this will be um, the end of, say, buying a $99 game every year? Like, you I feel like maybe you hex- them within the... Yeah, I feel like no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sort of imagining this is, like, going to Because the alternative the way- would be subscription, wouldn't it? And that's probably not quite <clears throat> worth it. It wouldn't have, like, the turnover yeah. in titles like a Game Pass or a PS guess, Plus would. I guess more what I meant was, like, I think with Red and Hex, like, those will be, like, 
traditional Assassin's Creed games that I can see like potential for say like Nebula, Raid and Echoes to be these kinds of games that they, they chuck them into the Infinity platform and then just add shit to them every three months or something to yeah, keep that, tied it over until like the next big game. That's what excites me from memory because I reported on this initially. Um, like a lot of these games were going to be different sized experiences. So like they were going to move away from like every all of them being 100 hours and like Hex might be 10, 15 hours and um, the other one might, that they've announced might be another one. That I can't remember any of those other names. You just I think Nebula off. is like some something like that. Like that seems yeah. to be because it's three separate settings. Like I feel like they yeah, can definitely I, do that's something what, smaller that's with all those. excites me more. Like having it all contained in one world that does feel like you can sort of just jump between them or if you do want to go back after six months, like having it sort of in there um, with all of your Assassin's Creed games. And hopefully it sort of does feel like one connected universe that's, that's more thought out. Um, excites me. Because I really used to like Assassin's Creed back in the day. I know a lot of people did, but then it just became too much. Like, nobody... Like, you weren't even finishing him in the end, James, right? Like, Valhalla, you no, gave up on. Because Valhalla it was so it's... long. I don't even understand how you create games that massive. And just why? Like, what is the yeah. point of having that much content. Um, it's great, but it's just so much. Valhalla was, um, like, well-supported, too. Like, I feel like they were trying to make this a games-as-a-service. Like, there was new shit being added almost every two months. But, like, yeah, it, it, you're right. Like, it was already too big, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And maybe they realised. And then there was that expansion, the Ragnarok thing that came out, too. It was even more yeah, on top. Yeah. Um, I kind of, as ridiculous as Valhalla got, I do hope there is still a place for those bigger titles because, you know, like Odyssey is is probably one of the best Assassin's Creed games that's Mm. come out, right? Um, And I kind of hope that we do still see like an RPG as kind of grand in scale as that without the bloat, I suppose, of Valhalla. Um, But yeah, I'm excited by this. I'm a little bit disappointed when I heard infinity of course i assume there was going to be some sort of portal that you connect via usb to your console and some assassin's creed plastic figurines that would a little disappointed that that's not happening but uh i'll take it disappointed in that bit whatever that was (laughs) what 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 i like about it is like maybe they can just start with like yeah smaller parts of a game so then add to it over time and keep adding to these games and supporting them so that you don't start with a hundred hour game like maybe they do go and add certain things to two or three of them that are all related to, I don't, I don't even know do how you this think, is going to work, like, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, they could have a game, but do you think that would be, because you'd more or less be kind of moving to an episodic model then in a way, right? Like, But then I feel like with, with the way Assassin's Creed works, you could really have, like a say, a character that you follow through a, their whole life or something, and you might 100%. cut it off at, at a certain point in their life, and that would be like, a I guess, a plot twist. And here's some other shit to do in the other worlds that we've yeah. built while you're waiting. Like, I feel like that could be something cool. Um, yeah, so that it's like, yeah, a chapter releases and it actually impacts like two or three games rather than like a massive game dropping at once. Um, yeah, I, I love that idea. I think it works so much better for this series. I, I do worry that like, yeah, I, I worry that the peak of this franchise still has been in the past and I don't know if it's ever going to get back to... Um, those levels, so that'll be interesting to see. I feel like Ubisoft is kind of all in on this. 
now as they yeah, should I think be. They are. Yeah, I, think- I would love to see them get experimental with it though. Like maybe you know different developers kind of feature in this, and you see some of the kind of like original style things kind of come in here. Maybe there's like a side-scrolling Assassin's Creed game that kind of comes into the mix. Assassin's um, Card. Assassin's Card. Don't get ridiculous. It's Assassin's um, Chess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Hex sounds really interesting. I think that has a capacity to be a very different Assassin's Creed game. Um, the kind of my obsession with history has me interested to see what like their take on the Aztec Empire would be like. So I'm continually interested in the historical settings of these games, but for them to also kind of do weird and wonderful things, as opposed with the approach of the overall game design too, I would welcome. Do we think there's any chance they're going to go in and add like Valhalla, Odyssey, and what was the other one I'm missing? Origins, like because I, mm. I don't know. It feels like a shame to just sort of leave them in the past. But maybe they're. Just I mean, they're already. Different. I would argue they're already left in the past. Like nothing's happening with them. They're all. Well, no. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, but do you know what I mean? You can like, still play them. But yeah, I think this is the closest we're going to get. I don't know if you guys remember when when you booted Assassin's Creed Four and it had that little like select your game option and it was like all these different like you know Japan. Um, China, all this shit, and it was like really exciting because everyone thought they were getting like you know this many like this was like the future of Assassin's Creed. But I feel like with Assassin's Creed Infinity, like that's going to be a, that, but for real. Like I think that's the the potential there. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Obviously, I don't probably. remember that opening at all. You sure you yeah. were selecting the language? No, mate. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> there was, was pictures. There was like pictures of each game. I'm not... <laughs> Fuck, man. But <laughs> um. So how do we think this leaves Prince of Persia remake? Do we reckon that's <laughs> still coming? If all the teams, are it'll be the, it'll be the showpiece of Assassin's Creed Infinity. I feel. Mm, that'll come in a happy meal at this rate. <laughs> Going to come in as like Assassin of Persia or something. Just becomes. Like, it's a look, good I question feel like- though. Like who is developing all of these games? Like if they're all coming out in the next <clears> six <throat> years, like who's doing? Um, seems like a hard task. Who is doing remake? Isn't it like Ubisoft Mumbai or something like that? It's a mix of Mumbai and. Puno. Yeah, that's right. P-U-N-E. So will we ever Puno. see it? Probably not. I uh, No, no, but they've taken it. They've had that project taken off them, and now Montreal's making it, apparently. That was the last update. <laughs> Which, uh, Poor Puno. Yeah. We interviewed them. Didn't you interview them, Shannon? I think so. Yeah, because that was like their first lead <laughs> project. the last they were ever allowed yeah. to speak. Now they're not allowed. Um, <laughs> do we think it's... It's been almost 11 years since Black Flag. Is it too soon for a remake of Black Flag? When we've had an Assassin's Creed game every year. Here we go. No, no. (laughs) We have to ask. We need a strict 10-year minimum policy. I didn't realise the fervour was there for Black Flag. Like I I said, it was when I hopped off. I really didn't like it, but... I, I think like everyone them. considers that the peak, Brody. Yeah, really? Even though, like, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you and I think Brotherhood is the peak. Yeah. Yeah, Revelations yeah. is good, too. But, uh, like, I fucking just did not like naval warfare. I hate it, in fact. So, yeah, it does seem like a supermassive undertaking from Ubisoft. But speaking of supermassive, we'll jump into our next topic, which is uh, about supermassive games who have wound up this week undergoing extensive reorganization, which has involved the laying off of approximately 90 of its 350 staff members. Um, for people who don't know, like Supermassive, obviously they made Until Dawn, um, the Dark Pictures games, and then they're doing Little Nightmares 3. I think there's some other stuff in between there that I've forgotten about. But um, yeah, I, I don't... I like This is really disappointing news. I, I was I always looked forward to looking... Like the playing the Dark Pictures games, like they've always been some of my favorites, and I like mm. how they kind of play with all these different tropes and horror and stuff. 
And I feel like their their genre, like their niche, has really been untapped by anybody else. So like, it kind of shocks me a little that that they are struggling a bit. Um, did they do the quarry as well, or am I misremembering? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. I forgot, that's the um, one I was forgetting. Do you reckon this is this gives me like re- like it's reminding me a little bit of Telltale to a degree? where they sort of put out all these projects and maybe they started to diminish returns. Like, do you think they hired up for little... Uh, was it Dark Pictures? Sorry. I was going to say Little well, Pictures. Well, Dark Pictures was at once a year. Like, that yeah, was... But that was it's still, yeah. It still takes a little bit of turnover to put a game out like that. Mm. That um, was self-published, wasn't it? Or was that the Bandai one? Bandai Namco, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think they hired up when they sort of committed to putting all those out and then maybe the return wasn't there for those and then they've had to sort of look at this restructuring? They also released a VR2 game, which was like a colossal failure and just didn't work. Was that the, in, the Impatient time. or whatever it was? No, like it, this no, was at launch. Um, the, um, until Dawn Switch yeah. back, Switchback. Oh, Switchback. Yeah, yeah, it just like was, uh, was a failure. So uh, it's a tough one. Like mm. to Brody's point, they were doing a lot at one point, like the 2K game, um, the Bandai games, a bunch of other stuff. Um, so it could just be them being conservative. But yeah, to James's point, like they... Nobody's doing what, what they're doing. Um, so it is sad when we see these stories. Yeah. I, like, I know they were pretty well received and there was kind of a fan base for these games, but I never got the impression they did all of that much in the way of numbers, particularly the Dark Pictures anthology. I think Until um, Dawn I, did well. Yeah until, yeah. yeah, until Dawn did well, no doubt. But then that was how long ago now? Like, they put out a, a lot of games between that? now and then. There is a remake coming out. So it must out, have been about 11 years. They're not it, right? Yeah. I, I'm fairly sure Supermassive aren't making that. Um, Even no, the quarry yeah. was like $100 from memory. And I just I remember at the time, yeah. people, like, anyone would play it, but just not at that price point. I think that's the thing. Um, because, like, these games, like, especially the Dark Pictures games, because they come out so quickly, they weren't super long. And the idea was that you were meant to replay and see how they end. But realistically, like, the casual audience who n- would pick this kind of thing up wouldn't yeah. do that like do you know hmm. yeah and i feel like they were trying to walk like a difficult like a difficult middle ground right where it's um kind of a casual sort of horror and it might have been like perceived as too casual for the horror fans that were otherwise out picking up resident evil games um at, but then maybe kind of still a little too spoopy for people that might like throw a sleepover and play horror games together Shannon's laughing at me again. <laughs> and I think probably there's... I don't know if this is off base, but... It's a fine I feel, line. I feel like because they make their games so watchable, there's probably a big audience of people who just watch their games on stream because they also do yeah. like a lot of cool stream integration. So there might be like a large audience that have, you know, absorbed their games and taken them in but haven't bought them at all. Like they've probably just watched their favourite streamer, so that might have shot them in the yeah. foot slightly as well. That's maybe. a very good point. If they're keeping a smaller scope, I still think, like, 250 staff is, like, a good amount for a studio, right? Like, an indie studio. Like, it's not a small it's a amount. Lot of so, I, yeah, I still think they're going to... I think they're probably just going to be more focused, which I, I do think they mm. probably needed a little bit of. But, yeah, they haven't really put out any bad games apart from the VR one. Um, yeah, it's probably... Was that, was that actually bad or did it just not sell well? No, it, it was like the graphics were awful. Like I think people thought it was well. a PS4 game that was like kind of quickly moved to PS5 VR. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Damn. Um, well, that was the I rumor. do hope we get like more games like The Quarry. I should really go back and play... 
I maybe played a bit of Man Medan, but none of the others in the uh, Dark Pictures anthology. And I loved Until Dawn, and I loved The Quarry, but yeah. They're good. They are good. Everyone has different feelings about each of them. It reminds me of American Horror Story in a lot of ways, where like if you don't really mm. care about that trope, it's not really going to... But I love that. Like, everyone has standalone. a yeah. I agree. Matter. Like everyone has a favorite. You know. Like I, I think that's really cool. Um, but they've still got like Little Nightmares three. They've already announced the sci-fi version, the sci-fi game for um, Dark Pictures, and and then that Frank Stone Dead by Daylight game. Like they've still got projects coming. Um, True. But, yeah. I totally. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. It's only just now clicking me. Like Little Nightmares was. No. Hang on, I'm thinking of something different. No, they made they didn't make the first two. They're making this one. That is that what you mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Um, the guys who made the first two wanted to do something else, but Namco right. wanted to keep making nightmares. I do like some little nightmares games. Actually, I'd be curious to see what Supermassive bring to that. Yeah, co-op first of all. <laughs> That's yeah. So that'll be cool. But like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think mm. it'll be fine. I think that yeah. I mean, sometimes these restructures have to happen so they can just make it through. You know. Yeah. It's obviously rough for the the ninety of estimated that like, have lost yeah. lost uh, the role as a result of this, uh, and I hope they land on their feet. I think, like, regardless how you might feel about their games, it's clear there's a lot of talent at the studio. Um, I think the games, for the most part, are really well written. The presentation's always been very strong. Um, yeah, hopefully they all find work soon after. Okay. Hmm. Well, Ewan, what day is it today? Uh, Wednesday, when this episode goes out. Today, but Ewan. Today. What day is it today? You're- oh, it's Pokemon Day. <laughs> it is. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, my God. So, it's Pokemon Day as of recording. And when this episode goes live, it'll be in the rest of the world. Because we're living in the future. Um, so, to mark the occasion, I thought we would go around the room and tell everybody, what does Pokemon mean to us? Ewan, I want to start with you. As, as the baby. <laughs> yeah, and just Does start Pokemon at the bottom. mean anything to you at all? Not much nowadays. Back in the day, as in, like, early 2000s, Ewan, so we're talking, like, just when you're starting to walk. primary school here. Yeah, just uh, starting to walk. Um, I got a Game Boy Advance, and I got Pokemon Yellow on, for that Game Boy Advance, um, being the pairing that that is. Um... And I was probably excited about that because I watched a lot of the show as a kid. Um, But that is the only Pokemon game I've, like, spent any meaningful time with since. Didn't you have Um, a good idea for a Pokemon game? I do have... Do you want to recap that again? (laughs) It's basically Power World. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's... I guess that's, like, where I've arrived at more recently. It's, like... And it's well documented on the podcast. So, familiar... I apologize if you're familiar with this already. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, like, I just feel it's time for a change in the Pokemon formula. I want to do more in the game rather than going out and collecting the hundred new Pokemon they've dreamt up for this latest iteration. I kind of want Pokemon to get that Breath of the Wild moment. And yeah, I'd like some real-time combat, um, preferably with heavy machine gun weaponry, that sort of thing. No, I like... Anyway, I, I let's like move around. You can, you can totally <laughs> pivot. Like, okay, all you got to do uh, is here. I'm Ash, right? I'm walking around. Throw the Bro, Pokeball. Why did you start? And then you like Sorry. your 
camera pivots to the Pokemon's perspective, and then you like go into kind of a needed. hack and slash brawler. That's all I want. <laughs> Sounds great. My uh, touchstone with Pokemon. <laughs> uh, oh shit! Yeah, like obviously, I was a young man during the. Uh, when did it sort of take off? Ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight. That sort of area. Let me look really Probably quickly. around blue, yellow. 98. 1996. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I caught up. Oh, no, 98 late. out of... No, 98. I lied. 98. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So obviously when the, the show took off on Cheese TV and, uh, you know, the first <laughs> few games on Game Boy took off, I remember playing that Game Boy in the dark. You know, no backlight on that son of a bitch. Misty beat me. I remember I headbutt my Game Boy and broke the screen. That was a thing that happened. So I had to <laughs> lay off the Pokemon <laughs> for a while. Uh yeah, uh, but then sort of gold and silver happened, and then I never really played it again, uh, and that sort of makes me sad because it was a really formative part of my uh, my youth. But um, yeah, it just hasn't really captured me since. I don't Can know. Can we not gloss over the story of you headbutting the screen? Like, uh, I was just out of frustration. So what, how did that happen? You lost the battle, and you I just lost the battle went, to Missy, like, and I just sort of went ah, and just accidentally headbutted it, like I was just thrashing as sound I was laying down. No, like, I don't go around headbutting things for fun. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a little burst of frustration that led me to... Obviously, it cracked the screen and all the ink went everywhere inside the screen. I didn't get an inky forehead or anything, but... Yeah. <laughs> that was, Did that you was replace me breaking my it? Game How boy. did you explain that to your parents? Uh, my mum didn't really know or mind. <laughs> she don't... Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how I got another one. I don't. I can't remember. I've repressed all that. Anyway, <laughs> what does Pokemon mean to you guys? I um. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not all at once. Shit. Um. Yeah. Similar. I feel like we're all gonna have similar stories. But yeah. Did you hear about um, Game was... Boy too? No, I oh. did not. <laughs> no. There's so much no one's safe, but I won't. Um, six, I was six or seven. Um, I remember playing it very naughty, but I remember I did own it, but I remember emulating it with my cousins, like whenever we were on holidays or whatever, Ooh. and together we'd emulate a version like oh, on wow. a computer. Um, but I, my first console that was mine was the yellow Game Boy Color, um, the Pokemon Game Boy Colors that I played a lot of games on, including I think yellow. At the time. Um, then, yeah, went on to the GBA version. That was the first console I ever bought with my own money. Um, and then kind of fell off it, really. Pokemon Snap, played Stadium. Um, and, yeah, just as we move through generations, I've never gone back. I've tried to several times, um, but just, just can't. Like, I, I played a lot of Let's Go, so I'd love to see another one of those for um, the GBA games. But... I don't know. I, I hope one day I, I could go back because obviously spent a lot of hours with those games um, and it did provide like a sense of wonder and like exploration that you just didn't find at that time. But yeah, I would like to see it evolve. I, I think there's a lot of untapped potential there that they could be doing more with. Now, I'd say this has all been pretty negative so far. So James, as this is a celebration of Pokemon, you probably need to bring this <laughs> home. Um yeah, my I mean Pokemon to me like has always been a social like it was always a social thing like I kind of mm. at school cuz oh, I obviously cable. went to school before the internet was like huge. <laughs> so like you could just the only way to get other Pokemon you wanted was literally to talk to people. So you had to go and say like have you got like you know Pokemon red, I've got blue, do you want this Pokemon whatever. And um yeah, like this whole trading thing so many rumors around the internet, not the internet, magazines oh. and stuff where do you remember um, like cerebi.net 
Yeah, well, that's still around. Oh. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, shit. so <laughs> he's still sorry, running yeah. it. Yeah. And calling up those like $3 a minute chat lines. Yeah, to get like up tips. Some bills with those. And there was like all these rumors about how to get Pika Blue because like pictures came out from Japan of the next game, but everyone assumed this new Pokemon was Pika Blue, but it wasn't. It was something else. Do you remember like the um, missing no craze? <laughs> yep. I remember was, all of it. Like, and then. You know, you'd finish your Pokedex and think you've got everything, and then you could go to the shopping center and download Mew onto your cartridge. Like, you'd give it to them. Or you could take photos in Pokemon Snap and take them to a Blockbuster and print them out. Like, that was all really cool shit. And you would, like, center your, like, social stuff around that. Like, we'd go out on the weekend to go and do all of our photos from Pokemon Snap. Like, it was really cool. Um, I remember when the movie came out and you could go and get those, like, collector's cards, like the Mewtwo cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sick. So that, like, to me, it also made me, like, much less trusting of people because there were, like, all these stories (laughs) at school about how a kid would trade, like, a Charizard card for his Game Boy. So, like, I'd always be way more weary to trade things. That was Yu-Gi-Oh for me. Yeah. Do you want to know another patented Gibbo Pokemon story? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) I'm not real proud of this, but I remember when Pokemon cards were, like, kicking around school, uh, oh I my made God. my own Pokemon card <laughs> and like <laughs> made it like a shiny with like tin foil and stuff like that. It looked absolute garbage. And then I don't remember if this guy willingly traded it to me or maybe I peer pressured him to trade me it, but I got a legitimate Blastoise out of it. So he's got a unique one of a kind Brody Pokemon card somewhere and I got a Blastoise out of him. So again, yeah. I've got to dig deeper. So uh, how, how much effort did you go to go oh, into look, in fabricating put, this card? I put the time like, in. I put the just, time in. Okay. Yeah, like I, I think I like, and, like no, like I had the piece of card, then I put the foil on it first, and then I like had the the picture and I cut out around the picture, so it was like foily behind it and stuff. I think I think it looked pretty shit, but yeah. uh, you know, I tried. I put in the effort. What Pokemon was it? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh. I want to say in my gut that it was like a Scyther, <laughs> like because I thought Scyther was the shit. I thought Scyther he was is, cool. He was pretty cool. Yeah. So Back I think that's day. what I did. I think I did a shiny Scyther. And uh, I think if he you did still well have that card, please hit us up. Like, if you're out there, <laughs> yeah. one, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah. and two, I'd like to buy it back. So <laughs> please let me buy my scyther back. I'm sure it's gone up in value. I'll um, trade so. your Blastoise. But yeah, like that—that's my more positive spin on it. I think all of the social experiences that it brought were really cool. And I feel like moving to online yeah. now, you definitely lose that a little bit. You can just kind of look for the Pokemon you want online and just get it that way. Um, yeah, kids these days—they don't know what they've missed out on pokemon has done a very good job of staying relevant to it has considering yeah (laughs) pokemon go was wild yeah Yeah, for for a time that was crazy like i was walking like 10ks a day like and i would never do that now never like i remember like seeing like you know how like a gym would move position just down the road like i'd see all these cars like parked at the park and they'd like be backing out like and i saw a car like pull out into another car because they were trying to move down to like get to the (laughs) other park and i was just like man Nuts. What a time. I once participated in a Pokemon Snap race. That was fun. Speed racing. Mean? Speed. Well, we were like speed running through the game, but there was like. It's on rails. You're on, drag you're racing on rails. <laughs> what do you mean? It's, it's the same well, speed. Yeah, but there was there was like tricks and exploits that like oh, you, if you miss something. could use to kind of move quicker. And yeah, if you miss something, you'd obviously lose time. That sort of thing. So you know like Pokemon um, Snap hacks for like sp- speed racing. Well, so here's the thing. I didn't know it. I was, like, paired up with the expert in Pokemon Snap, and he Mm. played through it first, finished the game, restarted it, and then coached me through it, Mm. and we still beat the other team. It was pretty 
pretty nuts. Where's the trophy? Show us the trophy. It's with all of James's what the wiki trophies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <Right>. um, <laughs> so yeah, Pokemon. I used to love it. Kind of wish it would change it up itself at well, some point. But whoa, yeah. What do you I mean? I don't think well? you need to do that. But yeah. Anyway, um, also obviously the rapid fire question is also kind of a disclaimer to say that we are recording this before the Pokemon presents that is happening tonight. Um, so in the spirit of that and to see how right or wrong we are, what are we hoping to have announced? So what I want to see happen, right, is the camera pivot to the Pokemon and then it becomes like a hack and slash brawler (laughs) type of thing. It's just like, it just needs to copy what Final Fantasy done, right? Like make it a party thing, bit of real time combat. If you want to kind of go all strategic with some, that's all it needs to be. Um, has that Pokemon teeth brushing thing come out yet? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it has. Oh, maybe an update for that or something. That'd be cool. Mm. What do I po- even Google for that Pokemon teeth? I think <laughs> it that, did come out, I think. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I think it might be that. It did, yeah. Pokemon brush. Yeah. Pokemon smile. Yes, That's of it. course. Yeah, that it's out. Sense. It's out. Oh, well, shit. I want... Why are we not doing this? Let's go Johto. Do you think you're going to get that in your 10-minute presents? I think we're going to get Pokemon Cafe Remix updates, Pokemon Unite updates, and Pokemon Masters EX updates, and that's it. <laughs> All the mobile games. Um, but I agree with Shannon. I think it's well and truly time for a new Let's Go. Um, you know, these kind of simplified Pokemon Go-esque remakes of the old games. And, yeah, they need to make it happen. We'll see. Lovely. And downloading Pokemon Smile now. It's really good, Ewan. I'm really glad. <laughs> Speaking of smiling, everyone smiles at the end of every episode of the Press Start Podcast because we play What the Wiki, which is the Press Start Podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and the contestants must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess and the round ends after one person scores two points. As last week's winner, I am in the hosting chair and the current scoreboard is James, as in me, on 10. <laughs> Brody on six, Shannon on four, Kieran and Ewan together, sitting in a tree on three, and Harry on nil pois. So, are we all ready? Hell yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm glad. This is a random assortment of games. I don't think there's a theme. Do they come from a mysterious benefactor? (sighs) They do, but it's boring. (laughs) Ewan, is it Ape's game? I did ask someone else, but it's no one anyone knows. Okay, are we ready? Son of Rome. Are we ready? Shut up. Are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> Shannon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good. <laughs> Ewan, you need to listen. You need to get further up the scoreboard. Yeah. So yeah. It's embarrassing. Oh, shit. Okay. The producer of the game stated that they wanted to keep the game closer to the second. The battles in this game begin with a short pre-fight intro, a small cinematic dialogue sequence that varies depending on the player's chosen character. A new system called Focus Attacks has been introduced, as well as Ultra Moves. Someone is Googling, and I feel like you're cheating. (laughs) Sorry, go. No, I'm not. The traditional six-button control scheme returns with new features and special moves. The game has a similar feel to the second game, but also includes a few features from the third. The game is a 2.5D fighting game published... Shannon. Yes, Shannon. Street Fighter 4. 
It is Street Fighter 4. Congratulations. Wow. You, thank you. I just kind of arrived there by the time <laughs> Shannon <laughs> said it. The train pulled into the station. Okay. Shannon won. Everyone else none. The game is an action-adventure game in which the player controls Dante and engages in fast-paced combat, platforming, and environmental Shannon. Place. Yes, Shannon. He's taking the DMC. <laughs> I'm not reacting until you tell me if the uh, oh, answer or not. Four. <laughs> no, DMC is my answer. Okay, no, it's not DMC. In the game, Dante's Ooh, primary up, yeah. weapon is a scythe that can be used in a series of combination attacks and finishing moves. He also has a Coley Cross that fires a volley of energy as a projectile attack. Quick time events are used when attempting to discharge demons <laughs> and, during boss <laughs> <laughs> and during boss fights. Sorry, oh, you can, can we? Oh, so can we pause for two seconds? I cut out for like thirty-five seconds. So, what did Shannon guess? That's he guessed DMC, <laughs> as in One. the remake. But then also kind of DMC4, I'm not really sure. He said DMC, so I guess, yeah. If he well, said... I'm going to take a punt. Okay, Ewan, go. Dante's Inferno. It is Dante's Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Trick Normally question. I remove the names. I didn't yeah, think it would be that obvious. I, know. But I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they'll think I'm doing Capcom. And they did. Are we ready? I'm yeah. scared now. I don't, I've only got this game left. <laughs> the game's classification refusal, as well as other recent games such as Fallout 3 and Aliens vs. Predator, reignited debate over the prohibition of sale and exhibition of video games for mature audiences in Australia. Shannon. Yes, Shannon. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. No, I'm sorry, it's not. The game is a first-person shooter with heavy emphasis on cooperative gameplay. The game presents five new campaigns composed of three to five smaller levels. As in the first game, each campaign is presented in menus and loading screens Brody. as a film starring the four. Yes, Brody. Oh, no, you've put me off now. I was going to say Aliens vs. Predator. No, it's not. Everyone's back in, by the way. Upon Shannon. completing a camp. Yes, Shannon. <laughs> is that your answer? The face? Manhunt 2. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought, no. A completely compared faux credits screen, which acts as the final scoreboard for players. In every campaign, most levels involve the survivors attempting to reach a safe room and close the door once inside. Ewan. Uh, yes, Ewan. Is this Left 4 Dead 2? It is Left 4 Dead 2, Ewan. Congratulations. Who would have thought? Huge. Huge. My internet betrayed me. Well, everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Three minutes. You're all still in the running because Ewan won't get further up than that. But congrats, Ewan. You got the points for today. Thank you. <laughs> That's such like a backhanded compliment, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Better than nothing, I think. <laughs> still <clears throat> a compliment, I guess. So with that, let us bring an end to this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at PressStartAU and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by Brody. Thank you. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. Shannon. You can follow me at Shannon Grixty on everything that your heart desires and more. <laughs> Only fans included. Soon. <laughs> mm. And taking over the points. <laughs> <It's you. laughs>
And I, uh, thank you. Uh, you can follow me on social. I just launched into my usual outro. Um, you can follow me on socials at UN underscore Roxborough. And I've been your host, James, and you can follow me on my socials at at James, A-T-J-M-Z. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next week, happy gaming. Bye. The notes say next year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I just never changed it since like last year. Mm. Well, bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah.